This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie and helping Christians stay informed about government. This puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. An ardent defense of the Second Amendment. That's what we will be discussing on the show today. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Exposing Washington with your host, Walker Wildman, exclusively on the American Family Radio Network. For more information about today's show, you can simply visit AFR.net, AFR.net. Once you get to the website, AFR.net, you can visit my podcast page, Exposing Washington. Click on the podcast page, Exposing Washington, and you can listen to this show and previous shows on the uh, podcast page at AFR.net. Also, the podcasts are available uh, on your Apple device, your Android device, uh, basically on any of your smart devices on the App Store there, or on the on the yeah on the app on the on the store. The for Apple it's an iTunes store for Android. I think it's a uh, not sure what the store name is there, but you can download the podcast nonetheless on your smart device and listen to the show each week. And you can listen to it maybe if you can't catch the entire show live on Saturday afternoons at two thirty Central. You can listen to it later, maybe that night or, or Sunday afternoon. But the Second Amendment is what we're going to be talking about today. I'm going to give my best defense possible for the existence and the preservation of the Second Amendment. If you want to email the show, share your thoughts, I'd be glad to read them. The email address is exposingwashington at AFR.net, exposingwashington at AFR.net. Feel free to shoot me an email, and I'll be glad to read those. And maybe I'll read them on the air. If, if, I, just, if I choose to, I'll read them on the air. Well, before we get started talking about the Second Amendment and what's really circulating in Washington, D.C. right now, I want to talk about the Department of Justice and the potential FISA abuses that we talked about two or three weeks ago. We talked about how the U.S. government under President Obama's administration, uh, there are reports that they were spying on American citizens, possibly illegally, and more specifically, they were spying on President Donald Trump's campaign illegally. Well, the good news, I will say, is that the Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, has announced that the Inspector General for the Department of Justice will be investigating potential abuses in our in America's surveillance program, specifically as it relates to the FISA process and Donald Trump as a candidate, maybe whether his associates were illegally spied on. So the Department of Justice is officially going to investigate this. Some, uh, I know President Trump is a little upset over who is heading up the investigation but nonetheless, on this show three weeks ago, I called for an investigation into these abuses by our government, these surveillance abuses, and an investigation has been opened. 
So we will see where that goes, see where it takes us, and I will definitely cover this subject at a later date. But the word ardent is what I used when I opened the show, an ardent defense for the Second Amendment. That means enthusiastic or passionate, enthusiastic or passionate. That's how we should be about the Constitution and defending it and preserving it. Since the Parkland, Florida shooting, the media and lawmakers in Washington, D.C. have been discussing this topic. President Trump, to his credit, and the White House and lawmakers have, have held listening sessions and meetings after meetings over the past two, three weeks, and they've discussed how to prevent mass shootings, how to prevent mass shootings specifically in America's schools. And I think the topic, as I mentioned last week, I covered this last week, we kind of took a flight over America looking at the gun debate. And But this week, we're going to kind of nail down on the issues and the specifics. What I've learned watching this is that Washington, D.C. is the most out of touch when it comes to the Second Amendment. They are in outer space. I mean, they, they are so out of touch with mainstream America when it comes to the Second Amendment, that it's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. So we're going to go through Washington, D.C.'s response to the Parkland, Florida shooting three weeks ago where 17 innocent kids, teenagers, lost their lives because an evil, an evil man decided he wanted to go in and slaughter innocent life. That's the bottom line. President Trump has been correct on some things, many things when it comes to this debate, but he's also been wrong on others. And later in the show, I will point out where President Trump is wrong on this issue. But right now, I want to play a clip. This is clip one. President Trump makes a startling assertion, and it's really fact, regarding the percentage of mass shootings that occur in gun-free zones. Let's listen. Well, listen, but 98% of all mass shootings in the United States since 1950 have taken place in gun-free zones, where guns were not inside the school, or as an example, you take Pulse nightclub. If you had one person in that room that could carry a gun and knew how to use it, it wouldn't have happened, or certainly not to the extent it did, where he was just in there shooting and shooting and shooting. And they were defenseless. So just remember that. 98% of all mass public shootings in the United States since 1950 have taken place in gun-free zones. It's terrible. You've got to have defense, too. You can't just be sitting ducks. President Trump is exactly correct. According to the Crime Prevention Research Center, only a little more than 1% of mass public shootings since 1950 have occurred in places that were not considered to be a gun-free zone. In fact, as Crime Prevention Research Center President John Lott Jr. noted in October of 2015, only two mass shootings in the U.S. since 1950 have occurred in an area where citizens were not prohibited from carrying a gun. That proves what President Trump said is correct. 98% of mass shootings since 1950 in the U.S., have occurred in gun-free zones. Gun-free zones. And uh, to move on from that, uh, here's what will happen. 
some politicians in Washington might genuinely want to stop mass shootings in America's schools, but others want to take away the Second Amendment. Others genuinely want to take away the Second Amendment. To prove that, here's what they'll do. I'm going to play a clip. Uh, I'm not going to play a clip. I'm going to read a story in a minute from Senator Tim Kaine. But the, the government, history proves that the government, when they create new regulations, let's just say, for example, they create, they create a law or more laws, even though it's already against the law, the law to murder and it's against the law to carry a gun in a school. But let's just say, hypothetically, they, they come up, let's just say they pass a law that says no more semi-automatics. No more semi-automatics can be produced in the United States. That, that would be struck down by the Supreme Court. But let's just say, hypothetically, they, Congress passed that. Well, guess what would happen? The mass shootings would not stop. The mass shootings would not stop or even slow down, I would suggest. But here's what government would do. They would come in after that, after their own laws didn't work, and they would pass more restrictive laws. This is what they do. This is the habit that they have developed. Government is notorious that when regulations don't work, they add more regulations. It defies common sense. Typically, when a law doesn't work, you repeal it and try something else. But the government is the most intrusive body on earth, for better or for worse. And my example that I told you I would cite is Senator Tim Kaine of Virginia has co-sponsored a new bill that would ban military-style weapons, which is deceiving. What they're talking about is semi-automatic rifles. Senator Tim Kaine has co-sponsored this gun-grabbing bill, I'll call it. But here's what he said. He told a local news outlet in Virginia, he said, this is a, quote, starting point. This is a, quote, starting point. You know what that's code speak for? This is only the beginning of us abolishing the Second Amendment. So they even admit it. Senator Tim Kaine of Virginia admits banning semi-automatic rifles is only the beginning. It's only a starting point. That's why I say no thank you to that. No thank you to any new gun regulations, any new laws that regulate law-abiding Americans owning firearms. And to be clear, here's what I'm against. I'm against raising the age limit to purchase a rifle to age 21. I think if you're 18 years old and you can go to Afghanistan and kill terrorists, then you can own a rifle in America. Simple. We don't need to raise the age limit to 21 to purchase a rifle. As a matter of fact, I think you should be able to purchase a pistol at age 18. But you can't. You have to be 21. And I'm also against any kind of ban of semi-automatic rifles. Any kind of ban of semi-automatic rifles. Because all of this is totally sidestepping the real issue. The real issue is we have maniacs, evil people in our country who want to slaughter people, and then we have gun-free zones where people are sheep in there, and they're being slaughtered like animals with no defense. That's the problem. Not guns. Guns are not the problem. But the Justice Department and President Trump think guns are the problem. 
to prove my point here, President Trump, just a day or two after the shooting in Florida, President Trump said, we're going to ban bump stocks. I'm going to instruct my Justice Department to ban bump stocks. Well, I would suggest, President Trump, that you cannot do that. Because President Obama's ATF, as liberal as President Obama was, his Department of Justice and his ATF, which is a, a division under the DOJ, they said, when exploring this topic, we don't have the legal grounds to ban bump stocks. We don't have the legal grounds to, to ban bump stocks. So I would suggest that President Trump's office does not have the authority either. And we'll discuss this more after the break. You've been listening to Exposing Washington. Stay tuned. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Corner. Kathy Miller is a devout Christian who also owns Tastry's Bake Shop in Bakersfield, California. She refused to create a customized wedding cake for a lesbian couple. The state of California pursued legal action against Kathy. Superior Court Judge David Lamp ruled in Kathy's favor, saying, It's an artistic expression by the person making it that is to be used traditionally as the centerpiece in the celebration of marriage. There could be no greater form of expressive conduct. Freedom prevailed in California this time. Listen to The Hamilton Corner, weekdays from 5 to 6 p.m. Central on AFR. For more from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. We still have seats available for our September tours of Washington, D.C. and Williamsburg. Washington, D.C. and Mount Vernon, that's one tour. And then Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown, that is a separate tour. Now, we put them back to back so you can do both. If you're flying in from Texas or Montana or California or wherever you may be coming from, so that you can do those tours back-to-back -back with us if that's something you so choose to do. Now, Stephen McDowell of the Providence Foundation will be with us all along the way as our historian. Stephen will add context, he'll answer questions, talk about the people, the places, the events that make up our early American history. So for more information on this Spiritual Heritage Tour, go to the website spiritualheritagetours.com spiritualheritagetours.com for the September tour information. Welcome back to Exposing Washington on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exposing Washington with your host, Walker Wildman. You can find out more about the show at AFR.net. Visit the website AFR.net. Download the American Family Radio mobile app. Listen to American Family Radio whenever and wherever you are, so long as you have an internet connection. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at Walker Wildman, at Walker Wildman on Twitter. Find out what's coming up on the show before it even airs. Find out what's coming up on the show a day or two before it airs on my Twitter page. I'll be posting a lot of the stories there. But before we went to the break, I was talking about President Trump and him suggesting or really ordering his Department of Justice to ban bump stocks. 
Bump stocks, to put it simply, are they're an accessory which makes your semi-automatic rifle fire at a faster rate. But it's not the accessory necessarily that makes the firearm fire at a faster rate. It is, it basically makes your finger, makes the trigger and your finger hit each other using the, uh, the movement from the firearm, if I, if I put that correctly. So either way, bump stocks, in my opinion, are perfectly legal because they do not enhance or change the, the, the natural mechanisms of the firearm. They simply cause your finger to hit the trigger at a little bit of a faster rate than originally done. Uh, but I'm not a, an attorney or a constitutional expert, so I may be wrong, but in my opinion and from, from other organizations who have studied this, banning bump stocks by regulation without going through Congress is not going to fly because Obama's Department of Justice tried it and they said, as liberal as they were, they said, we can't do this. We cannot do this. Congress must do it. Well, earlier in the show, we were talking about, I mean, the whole subject that, that brings up the Second Amendment defense that I'm giving is mass shootings. You know, this seems to, this conversation circles when mass shootings occur. And a talking point that you'll often hear from the media is, you know, only in America do mass shootings happen like this. America's full of guns, and that's the problem. Only in America do masses of people uh, are masses of people killed and slaughtered by guns uh, only in America, they say. No other country deals with this. Well, that's not true. That's simply not true. This is from worldatlas.com, and I'll post all the sources I have here on the podcast page at AFR.net. But here are the top five mass shootings. Here are the top five mass shootings. Here's the locations. In Kenya, 148 uh, people slaughtered in Kenya. That was in 2015. Pakistan, a school massacre there. Pakistan, 140 people shot and killed. Paris, France. We talked about this last week. Paris, France, terrorist attack. 130 people killed in a theater. And the guns that were used were banned in the entire country. In the entire country. Let's see. Norway comes in at number four. 67 people slaughtered in 2011 event. Uh, massacre. Another Kenya. Another Kenya. Uh, 67 people slaughtered in Kenya in a mall in 2013. That comes in at number five. Deadliest shooting. Uh, mass shooting in uh, in the world. And, of course, number six is Las Vegas, which happened several months ago. Las Vegas, Nevada. 58 innocent lives taken in Las Vegas, Nevada. So the top five mass shootings did not even take place in the U.S., but that's not what you'll hear from the mainstream media. And I'll guarantee you that if you look at those countries that I listed, they often have strict gun laws, and only the criminals, thugs, and murderers on firearms and the civilians, the law-abiding civilians, are left defenseless. That seems to be the case. Well, on the positive side, uh, and I will give President Trump some credit here, some states currently allow school districts 
to uh, allow, so they give school districts, some states give school districts permission for uh, teachers to conceal carry, for school teachers to conceal carry. And to President Trump's credit, he is in favor of arming qualified teachers at schools across the country. But as he should, he said that this needs to be a state state action, state law. The feds, the federal government does not need to get involved in this arena. But Texas is a perfect example of this, and we're going to play clip two here. This is Governor Greg Abbott on the state's school marshal program. Let's listen. Texas authorized uh, schools to adopt policies to implement a, a school marshal program uh, where individuals would be trained uh, to have a weapon right. and to be able to use that weapon. And we now have uh, well over 100 school districts in the state of Texas uh, where uh, teachers or uh, other people who work in the school uh, do carry a weapon and are trained uh, to be able to respond uh, to an attack that occurs. That is excellent. That is excellent. So Governor Greg Abbott of Texas, that audio was from the White House this week. From the White House, President Trump hosted all of the nation's governors, or most of them. Most of the nation's governors and the governors were given, uh, they were given the mic. They were given the floor and some governors, you know, were touting their more gun control, more gun control, more gun regulations. But some governors, like Governor Greg Abbott, I know Mississippi's governor, uh, Phil Bryant, were promoting or at least mentioning the fact that it might not be a bad idea to start arming qualified teachers. And the media and Washington, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, they're so out of touch and they're so misleading when discussing this topic. There's this false idea out there that those who are in favor of arming teachers just want teachers to willy-nilly tote their guns around the school, flashing their firearms in front of students, slapping it on, front of, on the top of the desk, and being reckless with their firearms. And they also think that, we're, that somehow states are going to force teachers to carry guns to school. You can't do that. You can't do that. And so, so there's this notion, so immediately someone who even brings up the idea of arming teachers, they're shot down. They're shot down as if we're some Neanderthal, some idiots who need to go back to our house in the, in the, in the, in the sticks and, and shut up. But that's not the case. Law-abiding citizens, law-abiding gun owners are some of the smartest, most uh, trained and, and, and safest bearers of arms bearers of arms and to, to, to prove that this policy of arming teachers who are might I note willing to be armed and trained is not a, not a bad idea let's go to Kentucky this is in Kentucky the headline is this Kentucky school district just voted to let teachers carry concealed guns and I'm going to read directly from the article this is excellent Teachers could soon be carrying concealed guns inside schools in Pike County under a proposal that was preliminarily, preliminarily approved Monday evening by the Pike County School Board. The unanimous decision came after the board heard concerns about school safety from teachers, parents, administrators during a town hall meeting. 
The motion authorizes the school board's attorney to work with Pike County Sheriff's Office, which is a local sheriff's office, which would oversee the program. And the uh, motion also authorized the attorney and the sheriff's office to finalize a formal policy for the school board to consider. Under the new proposal, school employees could volunteer. That's important. School teachers and employees could volunteer to serve as concealed carry guards at schools throughout the country. Each volunteer, this is very important, folks. For those who want to discredit the idea of arming teachers, this is important. Each volunteer would be subject to a background test, drug test, mental evaluation, and a certification course. A certificate or a qualification course, rather, a qualification course, including firearms training led by the local sheriff's department, which offered to pro- provide the training for free. I move on here. Each armed person, each armed employee would have to requalify multiple times a year, as many as four times a year, to serve as an armed guard at the local school. The, uh, the sheriff's office also said it would perform unannounced inspections to assure that the firearms are properly concealed and that the deputies inside the school are in full compliance with the program's guidelines. That is as good as it gets, my friends. That is as good as it gets. If my kids are going to that school, I will feel a lot better than them going to a school where they're uh, sheep ready to be slaughtered by ruthless killers that we've seen uh, happen in the country. So uh, that's a great idea. That's a great proposal. Very, it's not, it's not willy-nilly careless, let's just bring our guns to school. It is a very well-thought-out, very legal process and, and qualifying process to allow teachers who are willing to carry guns. And, and, and to add to this, if, if we have retired military or retired law enforcement, those guys, those ladies and gentlemen are the best to carry this out. They're the most trained, most familiar with firearms. They would be excellent to do this. And look, it may not work for every school district. It may not work for every state. may not work for every county. But at least let those who are willing take this on. Let those who are willing take this on. And I just want to reinforce that President Trump has been right on some things and wrong on others. He mentioned in the meeting yesterday, uh, in the meeting on Wednesday, I'm sorry, that he he was quoted saying, talking about mentally ill people, talking about uh, the shooter from Florida. He, He was quoting saying, take the guns first and then go through due process second. That is so wrong, President Trump. That is not what the Constitution says. We have due process first. And then you might can seize someone's guns who are not who is not safe. But as 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 much as our fleshly instinct wants to just sweep up guns from people who are acting crazy, we cannot start doing that. We have to go through due process. We have to go through due process. Um, and we also must promote a culture that values human life, that values human life, and we must continually defend the Constitution. Most importantly, the Second Amendment of our Constitution. The Second Amendment is the only thing between, between a free America and tyranny. That is the Second Amendment. 
Thank you, folks, for joining Exposing Washington on American Family Radio. We'll be back next week. Tune in then.